and welcome to episode 43 of the Thodcast, conversations about animation. This is your host, Philip, coming to you from Hollywood, and today I'm joined in the studio by Kara Deptula. Hello again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Back again. Uh, another week, another episode, kind of getting these out on different uh, sporadic days, but hey, at least we're getting them out and getting them done. Uh, this week, we are following up our episode on Hayao Miyazaki's Spirited Away with uh, similar films, some similar vibes. Uh, character gets transported in, in a similar way. Uh, that being 2017's Coco from Pixar Animation Studios, directed by Lee Unkrich and Adrian Molina. And uh, yeah, I appropriate given the season although we are past both halloween now and uh dia de los muertos day of the dead Kara, how familiar are you with that mexican uh slash latino holiday um i guess uh spirited away is to japanese culture what coco is to mexican culture but, right yeah. so um i had not heard of this at all because I am from Ohio. And then I moved to Texas where when I visited San Antonio, all of San Antonio is about the Day of the Dead. There are markets um, that resemble Mexico there. And so when I was there, that's when I familiarized myself with the Day of the Dead. And um, I thought it was weird. <laughs> <laughs> Because there are these fancy skeletons all painted and decorated, and I just didn't really understand um, that death actually means life. Well, uh, they're not, I guess, papering over the uh, reality and the stark reality of death, and that's probably a noble endeavor. Well, I, I understand it now, but at the time, at first I thought, oh, this is, this is interesting. Um, but you see the, the decorated skeletons everywhere you go there. Yeah, it's very distinctive. The, they're very happy. Uh, well, it's very, it's very happy um, because it is literally a celebration of that person when they were alive. So it's about carrying um, that person's essence um, for years after they've passed on. Yeah, they're very happy and inviting skeletons compared to what you see around Halloween, where it's more the macabre and uh, sort of ghoulish-looking decorations and skeletons. Uh, right, so if you go to San Antonio, uh, Texas, and go to the Riverwalk, there are boats and flags and uh, vibrant colors everywhere you go. Restaurants are, are themed. Um, it's in that way where it's very much like Mexico. Yeah, they had a couple performance or shows, showings of Coco at the Hollywood Bowl right around mm. the Day of the Dead here in Hollywood. Um, and I know there's a big celebration that goes on at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Um, and yeah, it's uh, the celebrations begin October 31st, apparently, and end November 2nd in Latin America. So it stretches 
over the course of a couple days generally, but encompassing, uh, for the most part, November 1st as the primary day of celebration. Uh, it's a little vague. I, I'm sure it's just a matter of different air locations, different communities celebrating at different times. It's very much, I think, community-oriented, family-oriented. Uh, so each uh, kind of family has their own tradition. Right, because I talked to a friend tonight who is Mexican, and that person was raised Catholic, and they don't celebrate Day of the Dead. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I haven't dug too deep into the actual history of the uh, you know the celebration of the holiday uh, you know it doesn't seem like it's derived from any strictly christian tradition um no. it's more i think a combination of um indigenous pagan uh traditions folklore hmm folklore and folklore mhm uh you know combined with some uh, also Catholic and Christian uh, symbolism, I think. But yeah, like I- ideas about the afterlife that relate to Day of the Dead don't really resemble traditional Christianity. Right. Uh, I was raised Catholic and there was no discussion of such a topic. <laughs> yeah, certainly. It's just a very specific holiday to this one culture, uh, I guess uh, Latin American culture, and um and yeah it's, it just probably does have more to do with the uh, sort of pagan influence uh, and there's so much of that in a lot of our mainstream holidays you know, halloween christmas a lot of the traditions are you know, nothing derived you know necessarily from the bible even right. though right santa like, claus did yeah. not come from jesus <laughs> yeah i mean he's named after <laughs> Otherwise, Jesus would be giving everyone presents. Named after a saint, yeah. Yeah, there's not too many references to Christianity in Coco, although uh, uh, a main character, Miguel, his grandmother does a cross sign in front of her when she she busts up his guitar. (laughs) So that was one example. Um, Otherwise, uh, let's get into just what we thought of this film, It was an Academy Award-winning film uh, from 2017. And uh, last movie we discussed, Spirited Away, also won the Academy Award back in 2003 for the year 2002. Um, That actually, Kara, was the only hand-drawn animated film to win Best Picture or Best Animated Feature. Uh, All the rest have either been... I mean, the vast majority have been computer animated. Uh, there was a Wallace and Gromit film that won one year. So I think that's the only like non-computer generated uh, version other than, or winner other than um, Spirited Away. Right. So. so, okay. So Spirited Away, the pastel drawings in it were real. Um, Everything in that film had been filtered through a computer. It's possible they were rendered, though, on paper um, and and just scanned into a computer that you know, was made back in the early 2000s. So hard to say. Um, it could have been painted directly into the computer as well. 
but most likely they used you know traditional analog techniques um, in addition to sort of the computer production you know just for for 2d animation um the animation in this film coco is especially striking i think you noted right while watching you you were kind of blown away by the animation quality uh this is pixar's uh 19th film so pixar animation studios production uh distributed by walt disney pictures of course and um definitely follows up in the tradition of Disney animated storytelling in a, in a significant way and in a way that Pixar films traditionally haven't up until this film. Uh, this is the first Pixar musical. Right. There weren't that many songs, though, to consider it a musical, right? I mean, there really were not many. No, and they're all sort of worked within the plot of the film um, it's it's all kind of diegetic where the characters are playing music within the framework of the story. Um, it's not like they're taking these breaks to deliver uh, the story through the uh, song in a traditional musical sense. But yeah, these characters are like singing into microphones and playing instruments. Um, it's not done in the most realistic fashion, um, but... It's it's a bit of a different twist. It's kind of like this movie I saw recently about Judy Garland, which had a lot of musical numbers, but it was just her performances while on stage. Um, so it kind of doubled as a accidental musical at the same time. Right. Um, this, uh, yeah, Judy with Renee Zellweger, very good. I definitely recommend what seeing that. What movie was that? It was uh, called Judy. Yeah, it's just called Judy. Oh. It's about like the final days, years uh, of Judy Garland's life uh, contrasted with some of her early experiences uh, as a child actor. Mm. Yeah, yeah, very, um, speaking of emotionally compelling uh, (laughs) material, uh, Coco definitely has a reputation for being one of the more emotionally compelling films. Yeah, that's what I heard, Mm that I was not emotional at all. Hmm. I mean, when the great 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 grandma, I don't know, she yeah. she died. She was ninety nine. <laughs> um, yeah. Apparently. So we're gonna go into some spoilers for Coco, and uh, set up the Sorry. story with the uh, yeah the <laughs> I already spoiled everything. <laughs> well, Grandmother dies. <laughs> there's a ninety nine year old character who you know passes away at the end of the film. Um, yeah, Mama Coco is the titular character in the Disney Pixar film Coco. She's uh, Miguel's great grandmother, and uh, she suffers from a degenerating memory. Uh, her full name is Socorro Rivera. Uh, the, it's the Rivera household that we follow at the beginning of the film. They're a family of shoemakers and... Uh, they began as a shoemaker family once their matriarch, Mama Imelda, Coco's mother, uh, was left by her husband, who went on to pursue a career in music back in the early 20th century. Um, and the identity of this character, you know, the, the man who... 
uh, <laughs> scorn the <laughs> the woman um, that that plays a major plot point in this film, and we later learn his identity, although uh, it's not necessarily apparent early on. Right. Mm-hmm. We're we're led down some mistaken paths. Uh, once the events of this film kind of get rolling. Do we know who tore up the picture of the face? So that would have been Mama Imelda who tore the picture that had the image of the the patriarch of the family. Um, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> there's there's some brutal family dynamics in this movie that are a little bit uh, head scratch worthy. Uh, would would the rule against music have lasted this long through so many generations. Now, you had Imelda, who banned music from the household uh, after she was betrayed by her, or, you know, supposedly betrayed by her musician husband. You know, I think it can for uh, religious reasons. I mean, if you think about, not now, not in this era, but there was a time where rock and roll was considered bad, um, there was probably a time where rap was considered bad. Um, there, in certain religions, dancing is not considered a good thing. It's it's so I I think it could. Yeah, it, you know, music is bad. It's from, you know, it it, it can it can be sed- seducting. Um, it can be. Um, everything that the devil is, if it's the wrong sort of music. Now they say that um, the music on the radios is vibrating at a lower frequency that actually programs us. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think that, you know, if that's what's passed down, it's passed down. People have those beliefs. I think it's possible. Who's who's saying that? Oh, a about- lot of people. I have friends <laughs> in music that talk about how the the, the frequency on the radio programs us in a way that it's not high vibrational it's vibra i can't remember the name of the vibration but it's vibrating where it actually messes up our freak our abilities to uh vibrate at a higher uh vibration okay whatever that means but uh (laughs) i it is really akin yeah (laughs) akin to well puritanical if you get into the hippies if you talk to the hippies and you talk about vibration well it's it's all esoteric as is music it's a very creative very subjective art form and um you know the creative process that goes into it does you know involve uh seeking inspiration from a muse from you know somewhere that seems you know beyond oneself uh, at times um and yeah, that can sort of lead to some spiritual or, or religious traditional um, well, conflicts. Look at Greece. I mean, Greece was all about how dancing was bad, right? So oh, yeah. that was sort of based off of what was going on then in the movie Greece. That yeah. you know, dancing leads to sex. Yeah, yeah, it's it's that sort of thing, but just kind of contained within this one family specifically. And that might have been a thing among more than just this one family, too, that music was this idle distraction that leads people astray from you know more important things like family, like actual uh, uh, practical labor, <laughs> like shoemaking, um, 
Well, that type of thing. Cob- cobblers. Uh, that that's also another word for a shoemaker. <laughs> um, cobbling. <laughs> I don't know. You, you see the one scene where the uh, one of the family members is like he, he's polishing the shoe, or I don't know. It's he's got that wheel that's like I I, I don't well, even the know any of the terminology. Keep flying up <laughs> Into the ceiling. He's he's buffing the shoe and the rotating buffer, yeah, makes the shoots the shoe up into the ceiling. There's like a Yeah, hole. he was not like <laughs> the smartest of the family members. He was supposed to be like the the tough dumb guy, I think. Yeah, apparent, apparently. <laughs> it was not. that archetype. <laughs> it's like everyone in LA, the tough <laughs> dumb guy. So I'm sorry, I can't help He was content to <laughs> just uh stick with the family business. Um yeah, I, I don't remember all the. Let's see. Uh, Coco, of course, um, has a big family, uh, and the family tree is technically laid out. We're not going to go into all that, but um, it makes a fair amount of sense. Um, Day of the Dead, you put together this altar. Um, there's a lot of these orange flowers, the Aztec marigold, um, that are sp- these petals spread throughout the community. You know, from grave sites to the ofrendas, uh, where they display the photographs of deceased. Right, and if you notice, Miguel, this is the boy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he wants nothing. He at one point says that he wants nothing to do with ofrenda. He doesn't care about the ofrenda. Mm-hmm. He doesn't understand the whole philosophy behind it, and it becomes his lesson of how important it is later at the end of the movie. Yeah, uh, strong themes involving family, remembering the past, remembering one's legacy. Well, the headline song in this film is literally Remember Me, written by the songwriter duo behind one of the biggest songs from Disney animation, Let It Go, um, and, and of course the songs of Frozen, that being... Kristen Anderson Lopez and Robert Let Lopez. Let it go and re- remember me. Those are like two totally contradicting phrases. Remember <laughs> me. Let it go. Remember me. Let yeah, it's, it's an interesting thematic <laughs> juxtaposition. Don't forget me. Don't let me go. Sorry. Mm-hmm. And and that's been a weird kind week. of a fun point to discuss with these films because um, yeah, they they seem to present well. Of course, the Thod cast. Um, devotes special attention to Frozen and all things Frozen. Uh, I'm an absolute diehard Frozen fan. Right, because uh, Let It Go is much better than Remember Me. Well, I, I enjoy the song more. Uh, of course, it's all up to uh, opinion. I agree with you, Phil. Go Frozen. <laughs> well, thanks. Let It Go, don't Remember Me. And, of course, uh, you can't argue with Idina Menzel, at least in my opinion. Um I, it opens up with this cool uh, Coco. The the papel picado sequence is pretty neat um, with that paper cutouts. I guess it's reminiscent of Beauty and the Beast that opens up using you know using the stained glass windows as a bit of narrative exposition. Um, yeah, the, and then we get into you know the family and music is banished. Yada yada. Uh, Miguel, he's put together his own guitar somehow. <laughs> no idea how he managed to make it's frets are are oh, just right. nails that he's like glued to this uh, guitar neck 
um, he really must be a genius if he's, if he's able to assemble something like that. Well, that is what makes it a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. A Pixar movie, anything can happen. <laughs> it's, it's all invented. Um, I, he has got his own little a friend uh, in the attic of either his house or his shed. It makes more sense if it, it's like a shed or something if he's up there practicing guitar in secret. Because, like, you, you play a guitar anywhere in a house and someone's going to hear some of the reverberation right. like throughout the walls. Um, so however that works, yeah, I guess. Uh, well, he does it when they're at the factory, I guess. Making oh shoes. well, yeah, yeah. I guess there's the the workshop, um, mm-hmm. and in this in this movie, he only is now getting promoted to shoemaker in the in the little factory. Uh, up until now, he's just been a shoe shiner, a polisher uh, in in the town square, uh, and he gets chided for uh, interacting with the mariachis on the day of the dead you know the all the uh, festivities with people dressed up in fancy clothes and carrying their instruments around and uh it's it's really the big day for miguel to potentially shine as there's like a musical competition um and yeah he's uh he's wanting to prepare for this big shindig that's going on he he finds out, you know, you have that a friend uh, photograph that's torn. Um, so, but um, that picture gets knocked down off the top of the a friend, and it is it is revealed that the patriarch is holding a guitar because the image had been folded, uh, right. hiding the the guitar in the photograph. And it happens to be the guitar of local legend Ernesto de la Cruz uh, from Santa Cecilia. That's the city there uh, where the film is set, city in Mexico, presumably around modern day, although um, it's maybe set a few years back. Um, the yeah, Ernesto de la Cruz is like this super famous star from the 30s and 40s uh, from Santa Cecilia. And actually, Santa Cecilia is the patron saint of musicians. Oh, interesting. Uh, it's also the name of a, of a band. Um, but anyways, yeah, so that sparks the whole adventure of uh, Miguel thinking that he's the descendant of this ultra famous celebrity celebrity who uh died on stage as a matter of fact uh in rather hilarious fashion um unfortunately we just looked at a list or i was looking at a list of of entertainers who died during a performance uh, what did you think of that one i showed you in particular yeah that was pretty awful yeah Thanks. <laughs> insane i'll sleep really well tonight though <laughs> I appreciate you. Yeah. Yeah. This is. <laughs> it was a guy who in 1984 yeah. died uh, doing sort of tricks. He was like a, a magic actor. Magical something. comedian, magician and comedian Tommy Cooper suffered a heart attack during a live TV performance, uh, the show Live from Her Majesty's in England. Uh, and. Oh, that was in <laughs> England. That makes sense why the quality was so bad. 
Well, <laughs> yeah. it, it was a rip of a 1984 broadcast, probably uploaded, you know, over a decade ago on YouTube. So yeah, the yeah yeah quality yeah. wasn't it's, great, but you get the idea. You know, TV the, over there is not advanced though, <laughs> as it is over here. It just isn't. I mean, it's probably kept up pretty even pace. Mm, I don't know. I I just know that because I have uh, friends from there now. It's just not the same. That's why all the actors come over here hmm. to, and move to L.A. Yeah, it's kind of its own insular entertainment culture. Yeah, Cooper was known for getting his illusions deliberately and comically wrong. And after he collapsed, the audience laughed for almost a minute, you know, thinking that he was intentionally swooning and, right. you know, yeah, putting on an act. Uh, and then uh, cut to commercial, and uh, they were unable to revive him. Um, pr- yeah, pronounced dead on arrival mm-hmm. when taken to a hospital. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> not. I mean, some... at least he died doing something that he liked to do, that most other people don't get the opportunity to do. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure that he's in the movie of a spirited, all the spirits and spirited away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's moved on to other lives where he's doing other things and is happy mm-hmm. yeah um kind of the, the ernesto de la cruz character he's portrayed by uh, benjamin bratt mm-hmm. and uh based sort of on a real life uh celebrity from that era pedro infante there's a lot of references to mexican celebrities um most notably frida Kahlo, the painter um, there was that guy El Santo. He's a wrestler who was never seen without his silver mask. Right. <laughs> yeah, the saint, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, all of that explains mm-hmm. though why this movie did better worldwide versus in America because a lot was in Spanish. Mm-hmm. It had Mexican actors. People were in it that people in America and wouldn't recognize. Yeah, yeah, a lot of references to international pop culture. Uh, plenty of Easter eggs related to Disney and Pixar and other bits of pop culture, too. I know Lee Unkrich, the director, uh, his favorite film is The Shining, and he always includes a lot of Shining references in his films. Um, I, I think his previous directing credits have been um, Toy Story 3, Oh, uh, and also listed as a co-director on Finding Nemo, Monsters, Inc., and Toy Story 2. Yeah, he's a longtime veteran of Pixar. Uh, not often credited as, like, the sole director or the main director of any of their films. Um, but in this one, he's essentially the director, but there's also a credited co-director, Adrian Molina, who also did some of the music in this film. Um the the uh, Latina songwriter Jermaine Franco also contributed a lot of the or Jermaine Franco. Um, she she did a lot of the songs. Um, it was just the one song that uh, the Lopez's contributed to this film, "Remember Me." But then the rest are either um, famous songs from uh, from entertainment history in in mexico and and uh also originals uh like the song un poco loco yeah that, that was, was that was an original funny. um i think the one where 
Hector. Uh, we're introduced to the character Hector once we uh, enter into the land of the dead. Right. So, yeah, we're just kind of jumping all over the place. Apologies for rambling this episode, but um, we this is just a conversation about animation after all. <laughs> oh my God, that was terrible. Um, <laughs> well, Hector, I mean, I don't know where you want to go with Hector. I mean, we could skip straight mm-hmm. to the spoils. Yeah, well, yeah, what did you think of his arc? Um, Yeah, he uh, turns out uh, Miguel, played by Anthony Gonzalez. Fun fact, um, this actor, uh, Anthony Gonzalez, um, he's now a little too old to portray the voice in other material, Mm spinoff material related to Coco. Uh, So instead of finding you know just going and doing like a wide search for uh, another actor they cast one of his younger brothers he has like two brothers so he has a younger brother who now provides the voice of miguel for like the parks and other material related to coco it's kind of funny Um, i saw the two of them perform on stage at d23 they did a little duet Uh, Anthony, though, Gonzalez, he's done a few things uh, besides Coco. So I wish him the best of luck on his career, certainly. Um, Hector, you know, is, is uh, the part, was the songwriting partner for Ernesto de la Cruz. And it turns out that he's the one from whom Miguel is descended and not Ernesto. That would be a little bit too good to be true, don't you think, Kara? <laughs> if Miguel were the great great grandson of Ernesto de la Cruz. Wait, wait, wait! If Miguel were the great great grandson. Yeah, you'd think uh, the family would know about it or care about it when Ernesto has like a yeah, giant. Yeah, maybe, but not with <laughs> that whole thing of like music being bad, so they would just yeah, like, cast but... that out. There's a giant and then mausoleum. He died on stage. You know, I don't know. It just depends <laughs> on the pain. Pain will make people sort of hide anything. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, you know, fortune and glory is not sought by everyone necessarily. <laughs> um, and- yeah, yeah, yeah. Hollywood, uh, Hollywood history of a lot of things. Some people are not. They don't vibe with that. No, although once Miguel is convinced that he is the descendant of Ernesto de la Cruz. He vocally advertises that to his family. And, you know, he comes out as a musician and, and says he, he's going to perform at the festival, um, but his, his family still has none of, of it. Well, I mean, if, if he was the actual great, 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 how many greats, grandfather, then um, there wouldn't be a movie. Because a lot of this was about the mystery behind mm-hmm. it and to make it sort of interesting and, you know, the whole poisoning of Hector by Ernesto. Um, yeah, certainly would have made for a, a less interesting progression. Uh, right. It is kind of. And how he wanted to be remembered and no one remembered him. <laughs> um, I mean, it was 
Had it been otherwise, I mean, everyone remembers Ernesto, right? Because he's famous, so he's always going to be remembered. Mm -hmm. So the whole twist and turn was, oh, the guy that actually is the famous one for for putting out the music is the one that has not been remembered because no one knew. Mm -hmm. So no one remembered him. So he couldn't get back to his loved ones and be with them because he wasn't able to walk through whatever that train station portal sort of. Uh, yeah it's like the the customs gate for the land of the dead so Uh, i mean that whole concept is what made the movie if ernesto was just his dad then the uh, movie wouldn't have happened it was all about hector really Mm -hmm. well the the poor guy did so much yet wasn't remembered (laughs) because he someone stole his fame well, and got away with it. That's the allure of glory. It, it would have just been too tempting to believe that you were related to someone famous, that you, you would overlook sort of the more obvious um, choice. Um, although no one really did know who Hector was, uh, except for at the end. Uh, thank goodness uh, <laughs> Coco has enough... Uh, memory i guess of her past you know of of her family and her upbringing to be able to uh preserve the memory of hector right so that was sort of the uh fascinating part about it that oh anti-music anti-music Mm anti-music you see this old woman dying who is miserable losing her memory and then as soon as they let the music in that is when you see that spark of life in this old woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, thus allowing her, if you want to get really spiritual, to make peace with herself and where she is in her life. The grandson now knows who the real grandfather is, sees the lo- or great, 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 great mm-hmm. grandson. And, um, <laughs> and thus allowing her to then pass on because her, her soul then feels a sense of peace, allowing having all the secrets actually come out and allowing her to move move on mm-hmm. yeah the whole family gets redeemed at the end of the movie with the reintroduction of music into their lives uh, thank goodness you know that's the quintessential disney fairy tale ending everything kind of uh comes full circle and everyone you know they all lived happily ever after um but yeah, the it, there's some struggle to get there. You know, Abuelita Elena, you know, destroys Miguel's guitar when he tells her that he doesn't want to be a part of this family if he's not allowed to play music. Um, and I think, of course, her doing that then leads to his attempting to steal the guitar from. The grave of Ernesto de la Cruz, uh, and so this confluence of events is what, you know, where we get the spirited away moment of, you know, Chihiro kind of crossing the bridge. Um, he, uh, Miguel, um, plays the stolen guitar, uh, thinking that it's his birthright, being a descendant of, uh, of Ernesto, um, but is instead transported <laughs> to the land of the dead and encounters a whole bunch of the visitors on the night of um, the Day of the Dead uh, who are crossing over to the ofrendas. 
uh, and <laughs> has a good scare along the way. Should we talk about the animals? That, uh, <laughs> well, what, what do you think of the land of the dead overall? Oh, yeah, you wanted to talk about that. <laughs> I don't have anything to say. The what? Isn't it kind of a sucky afterlife? You're just bones, and uh, there's crappy antiquated technology, kind of like in Spirited Away. There's like I mean, I know. think it just depends on what you believe. I believe that maybe that is a temporary holding place, almost like a, a purgatory until you then move on to your, your next life. So mm -hmm. I think it just depends. I think some of these spirits are almost like... Uh, I, you know, it really just depends on what you believe. Some are probably like ghosts in a in a holding place, still a, a attached to. So, so people <laughs> are sort of still a, uh, wanting, needing to be remembered by the people on Earth. They're still sort of attached to bad or good. They're still attached to the the what happened in humanity. So. Often in the physical realm, if there's a ghost sort of around, we can then sort of like heal them and send them up or heal them and send them down. So it they, they then sort of go to a holding space. Well, because they're observing this tradition that prioritizes such close kinship to your family members, both living and deceased. Uh, in Latin cultures, it's just everyone is so closely and tightly knit. Uh, it makes sense that the spirits of loved ones would want to sort of hang around for a little while right, right, before right. moving on. I think that happens. Mm -hmm. So they want to hang around for a little bit. But then once there is sort of um, healing that yeah. takes place, I think the spirits then sort of move on past this land of the dead yeah, into eventually. their next life. I mean, you'd have to because... You know, you, there's only so many photos you can <laughs> have around, and and like, even if you have a photo of someone who's who nobody remembers or f really feels close to anymore, I, um, I think the the fact that it has been so many generations removed from someone from that era, you know, their spirit would probably just opt to uh, <laughs> to say sayonara. Well, I mean, uh, there was know. music in the land of the dead where there was not music in in their real life of being alive. So there was that happy element of mm. being uh, dead with music and yeah, concerts. Yeah. And um, Well, the city of uh, Santa Cecilia was having a musical uh, pageant just like the land of the dead was. But I think a lot of it was... Um, contrast so they had to make the land of the dead a bit dead i mean the land of the dead it was a lot more vibrant <laughs> than the land of the living certainly um it's uh you know that's one feature that is sort of ironic right 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 the that's what i mean with the music <laughs> yeah uh, i mean it's sucky afterlife that's um, <laughs> a tongue-in-cheek description Certainly. There was a lot more uh there was a lot more going on in the mm -hmm. land of the dead than the land of the living. Oh yeah. In this movie. Very fantastical. Um I guess it's based on a real city. Uh Guanajuato City, 
uh, a colorful city in the center of Mexico. Kind of provided some of the inspiration. Oh, right. And then some of uh, traditional Mexican art architecture provided the basis of the buildings uh, in, in Land of the Dead. Um, and towards the bottom, you have the more ancient architecture, the Aztec pyramids. Yeah, I still don't levels. know why they... Just wondering where they got that information. Yeah, um, a lot of. On top was the newer stuff, and on yeah. the bottom. So I think that just almost represents the the history of of building all of that and all the years spent. Like mm-hmm. the family tree just keeps going and going with the with the what's it called the imperenda the ofrenda ofrenda. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm obviously don't know any Spanish. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm guessing. Which is like part of my struggle. For it's the like movie. an altar, the the offering, I guess. Ofrenda is related to the word offering because they place right. food and drinks on the ofrenda. Right. I'm just joking it like all the words like we're yeah. like trying to Google. What does that mean? <laughs> What's the exact meaning of that? Yeah. I mean, I, if, you, if you. I mean, I'm from Minnesota. I'm I'm by no means an expert, and I. Spanish is uh, miserable. Uh, uh, I'm guessing that's how you say miserable in Spanish. Miserable. I took French, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought this year I was going to learn Spanish, and that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, yeah, it's, it's a very cool design on the, you know, this whole land of the dead, the, the giant bridges of, these flower petals, um, the kind of rustic, almost steampunk-esque architecture is there, like, going in. There's the scanners that people have to pass through. and You know and, what? You can know. I just tell you what really bothered me about Ernesto? When Ernesto mm-hmm. murdered Hector, he couldn't even murder him his own way. He had to steal it from a movie. Yeah, or he stole how he murdered him and the lines from the movie. The movie would have came out, would have come out. Uh, no, no, the movie <laughs> in the movie. Uh, the movie within the movie with the lines, he stole the lines about. Well, Ernesto the, didn't become a movie star. Movie. Ernesto didn't become a movie star, though, until after he parted ways with, until he, after he killed Hector, to put it bluntly. Yeah, yeah. but he still stole the lines from that movie. Um, that's how that's that's how Miguel figured it out. Then he mm. murdered him from that. He was like, "Oh, that's the line from that movie." <laughs> blah 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 blah. I mean, the chances of him actually I don't, knowing that are very slim. D- but did Hector re- recite verbatim what Ernesto said to him the moment they parted, and that it happened to be the lines from this movie because the movie was definitely afterwards. The movie was because uh, well that that's what led Miguel. So seeing this movie and knowing the lines in the movie, uh, based um where he was poisoned is what led Miguel to that was like the clue. It was a you know conjecture like a speculation that right that was what happened. I mean, uh, and, I just was sort of making a joke that that's how yeah. like weak Ernesto was. Ernesto literally stole fame from Hector because that was the only way. That's what we, that's that's what he said at the beginning. You have to go and get it. And he mm-hmm. went and he got his he got his fame mm-hmm. by steal by murdering Hector. Yeah, stealing he went his and songs. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
and and different I'm theme of let it go <laughs> letting it go see where it goes see where god takes it no he went and got it he murdered someone to become famous Woo. yeah <laughs> then don't as a, do that as a famous celebrity he would have sort of some clout or he'd be able to provide some writing direction on the stories of the films that he is in and so <laughs> i guess the the whole poisoning because in that movie where Ernesto, right. it's him his character who's the one getting poisoned. He's not doing the poisoning in that film because he uh, still he learned stole his <laughs> like the lines and the I don't know. It just was what made Miguel realize it, it was, was a very a big devious. Clue, where Miguel was like, "Oh, you must have poor," you know. It was important. It, it was. Uh, a very convenient coincidence that that clip had to be having to be playing as Miguel was putting it all together, uh, and Hector, you know, he he should have been maybe a little wiser, but I guess he uh, was just so homesick that maybe I he mean, thought... you would be like, oh, I shouldn't drink this because someone might have poisoned me. <laughs> it's odd that someone would have the poison. I I guess Ernesto probably had the plan of killing. Hector from the start. Right. It's just not a common like thing like, you know, mm-hmm. oh, let's drink some sake and oh, I need to check in and see if this smells like tequila poison. in this case. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> like you just don't think that like even when you're on like dating, people are like, oh, roofies, be careful. You don't really think that way. You actually I think you you inherently trust people. Mm-hmm. You don't think people are going to like when you get invited to someone's Thanksgiving dinner, you don't think like, oh, did they poison the mashed potatoes? No. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ernesto is a classic mustached twirling villain. Although he does display some heroic qualities, he rescues Miguel from the pool at one point. Um, I mean, he's got a degree of bravado that he wants to maintain, <laughs> of course. Yeah, but he locked him away uh, longer. Yeah, exactly. Then he throws him into another pit. <laughs> he rescued him just to like throw mm-hmm. him into another pit. Yeah, mm-hmm. woo. Villain. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> not a good guy, and... I mean, crazy to have a legend like that and have his name, you know, all of a sudden stricken from the annals of history due to the new uh, information that comes into light. Uh, Not something that we're too unfamiliar with in this current day and age uh, with certain notable figures. Oh, well, yeah, the Me Too (laughs) movement really, like, uh, put people that are really on the map really off the map. Exactly. In a big way. It's a big deal. I don't know about murder. O.J. Simpson, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) O.J. Woo. Um, I'm sure Ernesto de la Cruz would be a big fan of a white Ford Bronco. Um, I watched that. Just his style. Um, Yeah, but I mean, think about it. The Kevin Spacey... uh, was that on Netflix? It was totally canceled once everything was found out. Well, yeah, he was fired from House of Cards, and they finished it with the season sans Kevin Spacey. And that show was doing so well that's so unheard of that they just sort of cancel a show that's that big. I mean, I yeah. could go on and on. Probably would have run longer for sure. I mean, the Bill Cosby stuff, I mean, that was 
he was like a childhood icon to so many people. Yeah, Bill Cosby's probably the most famous example in in the modern era. Uh, yeah. and there are other Harvey people. Weinstein. Right. Um. um it's real though. I mean, these people in Hollywood, I they float around. I see them. I know them. Some of them that were me too. That were their whole companies and everything they were doing totally went down. It's well, it's a weird thing. Um, there, uh, some of them I I know. I mean, uh, perhaps most tragically, one of the producers on this very film, John Lasseter, uh, has been you know disgraced uh, oh. in light of some new you know information regarding his conduct around his coworkers. Uh, so it's very unfortunate. Yeah, what's his name? Uh, Matt Lauer. Too. Matt Lauer. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty gross. Um, you so can, anyways. You can feel energy to know really what was real and what went, to, what went down and what really didn't. And once mm-hmm. it's brought out, you can really see it. Like, oh, yeah, that probably really happened. Yeah, well, John Lasseter is the Pixar guy. I mean, he, he directed Toy Story. And uh, his departure from Pixar has really uh, shaken the company, not just Pixar, but also Disney, Disney Animation. Um, and and after his departure, th- there have been several other notable departures as well. Uh, Lee Unkrich, the director of Coco, left Pixar in 2019. Uh, the longtime Pixar producer Darla K. Anderson, also producer on this film, left in 2018 for Netflix. Mm. So uh, a lot of changes. Yeah, I mean, that's what people do in TV. They move uh, on and forward and when they're offered a different position. they just. Yeah, no, it's, it's not uh, uncommon. I mean, I follow The Hollywood Reporter, so I'm seeing um, and with doing meetings for a TV show that I created – uh, we've noticed that um, people change jobs actually quite often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just you know difficult to conceive of ever wanting to leave such a, a lauded, you know, heralded company like Pixar uh, with their track record, you know, success. Um, but yeah, they will though for promotion. Yeah, certainly. So if they're promoted to a better and bigger job. Uh, that's that's really what happens depending on contracts and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, Land of the Dead, the the Alabrijes are pretty cool. Uh, would you say? What would you think, Kara? The spirit. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they they those are everywhere in Mexican culture. Uh, in San Antonio, the Alabrijes. Um, just be careful for the caquitas. Right. <laughs> they, they, um, I guess, yeah, there, there are no bathrooms in the Land of the Dead, as one of the characters states. Oh. Uh, well, however, that would make a lot of sense. The Alabrijes do have normal body functions otherwise. Because they are not skeletons. They yeah. Are. Mm-hmm. So the animals are alive, essentially. Yeah. I guess uh, you have Dante, the Jolo dog, who follows Miguel into the spirit world. Uh, I guess because he's a dog, do- animals, I guess, are a little more connected to spirit, <laughs> maybe. Uh, I, and I think uh, that- Yeah, I guess animals have a bit of a, uh, I don't know if they're more connected, but their souls are definitely more 
pure and not not altered as humans yeah. uh humans become altered very quickly by society yeah he follows miguel into the land of the dead but then also follows him out so it's not like dante i mean he's the street dog so it wouldn't have been surprising if like he had just suddenly died <laughs> that night and like and ended up there uh, i, I like animals i don't feel like the dog was a strong character in the film yeah it was just sort of an add-in yeah yeah disney movies often have kind of comic relief uh side characters and sometimes they can feel a little superfluous uh you know one of the reasons i like frozen so much is i feel olaf is like the antithesis of the right. annoying sidekick character he like actually olaf. yeah yeah he's but the dog was like mm -hmm. not even close to an olaf o olaf was great Mm -hmm. That was my favorite character in Frozen. <laughs> nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Dante's cute, but yeah, kind of superfluous, as we said. Uh, yeah. Pepita, the flying jaguar, uh, like a griffin almost, who's the Alabrije guardian of Mama Imelda. Yeah, I thought it was weird mm -hmm. that he was named Pepita, which is a pumpkin, a pumpkin seed. Pepita. There, there. I just didn't feel like there was too much of a purpose of the abuelos, alabrijes. Yeah, alabrijes. Um, I mean, they were the rescuers. So you know, when Miguel was falling, they rescued him. So they yeah. were necessary in that reason, but mm -hmm. um, they were almost like decoration. I felt. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, a very real thing too within the celebration of Day of the Dead. Um, often. Presented as painted carvings uh, to be put on ofrendas and displayed in, you know, various uh, ornamental displays. Right, those are everywhere. If you if you go to like a Mexican market, that is what they have. Um. Yeah. Well, you wanted to talk about the dog up the skirt. Oh God, no! Which I, just... I don't really see the sexual innuendo no, no. the way that you do. Uh, no, I yeah, just this don't. is a family-friendly podcast, but I did notice some like potential adult humor on this rewatch. Uh, like maybe, but that doesn't mean she was getting a rise out of the dog. <laughs> that just means the dog went well, up. Her, like, dogs do that. Kids yeah. would think, yeah, I go to Runyon Canyon, which is like a dog park every day. Mm -hmm. Like dogs will do that. Yeah, she it's it's sort of like an erogenous joke where she gives off a surprise shudder as Dante passes under her skirt. That doesn't mean she enjoyed it. It just means it surprised she her. Was, she was maybe There's just a surprised. Big difference. There's uh, a big difference being like surprised by a dog and enjoying a dog there. And there's the joke at the beginning where uh, Miguel is talking to the mariachi. He's like, just tell your family, I'm a musician, deal with it. That's actually some pretty good advice. Uh, but then, you know, his family uh, is confronting him like, you know, they're scolding him for talking to the uh, mariachi. It's pretty hilarious how Abuelita is wielding her uh, shoe like a pistol. She's like doing little <laughs> twirls. I don't know um, if I remember that. Part. But then Miguel's just like, he was just showing me my, his guitar. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Almost like a like a pedophilia joke. Yeah, very funny stuff. No. Uh, and one, one cool bit of trivia. I don't think this was even brought up in that video we watched, listing a bunch of Easter eggs. But Hector, as he's, you know, at the close of the film, he's able to visit 
the human world on the Day of the Dead. This is a year later. He is the 11,338th person through the gate. All right. Uh, and that's a reference to Lucasfilm. Uh, George Lucas's first film was THX 1138, and there's references to the number 1138 throughout his films, uh, or, or THX 2 is a, you know, something you hear a lot. Yeah, um, I think the people that make the films get sort of a little bit of a kick on the synchronicities of of cross-referencing things. Oh, yeah, it's, it's everywhere. Yeah, I, I appreciate this as a Star Wars fan. Yeah, I mean, uh, I do a little improv, and if you if you make a cross reference in a scene from earlier in the scene and connect it at the end of the scene, it makes for a better scene because mm-hmm. you did a you created a, a, a witty sort of a cross reference. Yeah, there's multiple instances of the uh, phrase A one one three. Uh, which was a classroom at, well, it, it is a, a classroom at um, Cal Arts in Santa Clarita, where a lot of uh, the artists who work for Disney and Lucasfilm and, and other areas of the film industry uh, attended uh, art school. Uh, A113 is yeah, one of the classrooms there, and that mm. has become kind of a meme throughout Pixar films. Yeah, it's cute. Mm-hmm. The cute uh, factor. Woo-hoo. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they have to do something to get these people slaving away behind all these screens doing work day in and day out. I mean, animation is no joke. Yeah, yeah. The labor intensiveness of it is one of the big reasons why you have these little fun nods to other things. Because yeah, it's like it gives gives these people <laughs> kind of something. Uh, I don't know, something fun to do, add a little mystery and, you know. Humor. Uh, humor. This is the Where's Waldo. Connect the dots. Element of it. <laughs> um, Connect four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, so I don't, uh, <laughs> ghost spirits that play a big role in, in uh, uh, Hispanic culture. Uh, Day of the Dead uh, kind of deals with, yeah, the immediate uh after you know or the immediacy of de- de- even deceased relatives like being close to the family um and i think it's a, it's a good uh right so my <laughs> god my grandmother she wore, she wore, it's terrible she wore black for 10 years she would only wear black dresses for 10 years after my grandfather's death hmm. i thought it was horrible I thought, oh, my God, he's dead, and she is, like, totally... So she literally remembered him by wearing uh, black only. And then literally wow. 10 years after his death, then she started wearing dresses that were colorful. Wow. Wow. Don't do that to yourselves, people. <laughs> Wear colorful dresses. Our dead ones want <laughs> want us to remember them in a colorful way, <laughs> not so- by wearing black. Do not be, like, an Italian older traditional woman yeah my grandmother was lovely by the way but i never understood why why such solemnness yeah the holding on to family is a good message uh but you know it's it does kind of contrast with uh, you know another theme that is you know to to be willing to let things go and let go of attachments 
that's like an important spiritual theme throughout a lot of these types of films. Uh, and Ernesto is quoted in one interview saying, like, you know, I pursued my dream because, uh, you know, I just wouldn't let it go. I, I had to seize my dream and hold, hold it tight. And, never <laughs> and he it. went and he got it through mm-hmm. poison. Woo-hoo. Yeah, and it, it was that. <laughs> I'm going to go get it. <laughs> that philosophy that led him down such a dark path. Um, it probably is sort of path that a lot of celebrities kind of hold to, like they, their egos sort of propel them forward. Or the Illuminati propels them <laughs> forward, or <laughs> that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> but uh, so I, I, that was a good catch, Kara. I, I liked how you uh, you pointed that out. That it it does, you know, address the how how sometimes manifest destiny uh can, can lead to some you know right. so incredible things to glory sure so here's another concept though they say uh in the spiritual world um or in the well in the human world if you take out a light worker someone there that is there doing good things like um hector was doing mm-hmm. um uh, giving beauty to the world that the person that takes you out then after that pays severe karmic debt, which is what is going to happen to Ernesto, is that everyone then forgot him. So that is then his karma. And then you carry that karma into your into your next life. Mm-hmm. And until it's not a good thing if you take out someone that's spreading light. You then that karma then carries mm-hmm. you. Yeah. I mean carries with you. His comical death on stage, probably a comical. No, karmic. <laughs> no, 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 no. But, no. I mean... Well, it was it was co- it oh, was sort of comical uh... how he gets crushed by the bell, uh, which right. like is shown to be like manslaughter because no, of the I've... clumsy stage hand. It's like the stage hand leans on the friggin' lever. Yeah, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. However, he was still remembered. So yeah, he was still remembered. So he wasn't car- that the karmic. Well, that's at the end when he's outed. Right, when he's outed and forgotten forever from everyone. That is when uh, not the human death, but the spiritual death is what of his soul that is then forgotten that that's where it gets really, uh, what's the word, (laughs) dark. Mm -hmm. Dark would be the word. Um, Mm -hmm. So do not, if if you are... uh, thinking about pursuing a dream in music, do not um, take anybody out that's more lighted than you. <laughs> Probably some wise advice. <laughs> Don't come Otherwise, murder. you will, your soul will die. All right. Well, Sorry. this has been our discussion on Disney Pixar's Coco from 2017 on the Thoughtcast, conversations about animation um, I don't know. Any final thoughts on the movie, Kara? No, just the last ones. Do not take out a labor. <laughs> it's, it will be a problem. Yeah. Trust me, I've done my spiritual research. Um, it was yeah. it was a pretty great movie in regards to animation. Um, you know, it's it's on Netflix right now. Um, I know Disney Plus is about to drop and. I know a lot of the premier Disney content, like the animated films, is not going to be available on Disney Plus at launch. They're probably going to rotate some of their 
more uh, successful work throughout uh, in and out of that service. Um, movies like Coco and, and you know Pixar films, you know Toy Story franchise, uh, Toy Story Four is uh, probably on its way. I know that guy in in Toy Story. What guy? Patrick Warburton. Oh yeah, was he in a Toy Story? Maybe he was. He's, yeah, he's been in a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, he uh, he's Kronk, of course, in The Emperor's New Groove. Uh yeah, I this is such a powerful emotional film. Um, there's sort of a pregame for the just jarring ending that we get in this film where Hector is uh, performing a song for a friend of his in kind of the slums where all the forgotten residents of the land of the dead live. And uh, yeah, Chicharron played wonderfully by Edward James Olmos, a famous, uh, you know, incredible actor in his own right. Um, Yeah, he he passes on to the final death (laughs) <laughs> after uh actor uh, plays uh, one of his favorite songs uh actor played of course uh by gael garcia bernal uh, both in the english and spanish versions i should mention that you know uh, i felt like frida the role of frida was a pretty big role but mm-hmm. she didn't feel like very important in the movie well yeah so she's involved in sort of the action climax a little bit with the uh dance you know all the right uh... (laughs) the business on that stage all the dancers coming out this is kind of funny how miguel had a role in the presentation of her uh, exhibition uh the composing music and such (laughs) for that um yeah so you have that emotional beat in the middle of the film with uh chicharron and hector uh and then at the end you have a similar scenario where um you have music played as as a soothing reminder uh only this time of a long long deceased relative Coco re- remembers her father and you know leads Miguel to a, a photo that they're able to use to put up on the ofrenda because uh, yeah Coco's memory is is fading and so Hector can right. come back and not endure you know the final death um, yeah and he's saved and just the the whole dynamic between Coco and Miguel is just so great you see him at the beginning and he's such a good kid like he treats Coco as an ordinary member of the family, even though she's, you know, certainly not all there. <laughs> right. And then at the end, of course, music was brought back, which was great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, someone like Coco, who's lived such a full life, would come to realize that, yeah, music has its place. There's no reason to be so uptight about I mean, I hope she re- mm-hmm. at least, uh, reached 100 when she died because i mean yeah i guess she was 99 i've read that she's 99 
uh, in the at the beginning of the film. Well, I hope by the time she died, she at least reached a hundred. Otherwise, that's like <laughs> really big faux pas of the people that created the movie. At least <laughs> let the woman who starred in the movie, whose movie is the movie, is named uh, after her. Yeah. What? A, at least let what her. What a bummer! Out. Yeah, to get so close. And, right. In my mind, she yeah. reached a hundred and one, and the movie took two yeah. years. <laughs> let's, let's say she did. Maybe 104 at this rate of how long it takes to produce movies like this. So mm-hmm. she was probably like well over 100. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so Miguel sings for Coco. Then you have the flash forward. And now Coco's picture is up on the ofrenda. And it's, it's just a double punch to the gut. I mean, honestly, though, in the movie, maybe no time went by at all because he was in this spiritual world and it was just sort of a blip of something. Maybe it was like literally timeless. Um, I think there's it's it's for the most part real time as he's in the land of the dead. Well, uh, no, gosh, when he gets what back, is real about time. I okay. mean, they say all the universes are running uh, parallel. And... No, you have a point. When he gets <laughs> the when he ultimately gets the blessing from uh, Hector and Imelda, he, he he goes back to, yeah, yeah. It, it's basically the moment he left. So you're right. It it's not yeah, in real time. Yeah, he couldn't have really like disappeared. Mm-hmm. Then there would that would have been a whole story in itself. Where's yeah. the missing boy? Blah 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 blah. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, they could have made her a hundred. It's very disappointing. They made her ninety nine. Anyways, there's there's plenty of like logical. I don't know questions that you can have, you know, regarding this movie. We would probably have more to say if we were raised Mexican too. Yeah, it's it's pretty messed up. Like how Imelda is so unforgiving of Hector, and like they never even reconciled in all the years that they had um, living in the land of the dead. Mm, I'm not surprised. Uh... And she she literally tells him. I can't forgive you. Right. That's very, uh, I was, I'm raised Italian and that's very, uh, Italians, uh, for the most part, hold grudges for years and years and eons and eons. Hmm. <laughs> it's like a cultural thing. Interesting. Like I will not forgive you. No. Interesting. Right. I have oh, some man. really, I have a couple crazy aunts. Yeah. I have one aunt that won't forgive anyone. And then another <laughs> aunt that forgives everyone and shouldn't. Hmm. <laughs> Well, it's a, it's important to forgive, but also, you know, for things to heal in their own sort of natural time as well. Right. Forgiveness is for us. It's not for them. It's so mm-hmm. that you can let go <laughs> and move forward from whoever hurt you. All right. Well, uh, yeah, find Thoughtcast on our feed at SoundCloud. You can listen on uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Stitcher. Google Podcasts, uh, find Thoughtcast on Instagram and Twitter at Thoughtcast. Uh, you can find me, Philip Elke, at Philip Elke on social media as well. Kara, where can the people listening find you? Okay, since my last name is a bit confusing, I launched a clothing line called Imperfectly Perfect Creatures. So you can go to my Instagram that is Imperfectly Perfect Creatures. And check out my little characters and cartoons for um, mostly baby clothes and for women. Right now, I, I will be uh, making more. Remember me. 
Uh, <laughs> though I have to say goodbye. Okay. I don't think I'll let him and, do that. And, uh, <laughs> of course. I'm going to just let go and let him do what he wants. Uh, as always, uh, yeah, let it go and remember me. Uh, and um, have Good a night, one. Sweet dreams. <laughs> Good morning. Have a magical day and a wonderful Happy week. Happy afternoon. Sorry. Warm hugs. <laughs>